This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta in a week that promised rain but we haven't had any so far and every day Yeah, the apparently Saturday says, is the day. Well, that's what they said <laughs> last week that Monday was the day, but it clearly wasn't. We're recording Hafta on Thursday, the seventh of July, at four in the late afternoon. So some fast developing developments will not be updated by the time you listen to this, but we shall mention them. Uh, before we get into the headlines, let me introduce the panel. We're all in the studio after a long time. Yes. Everybody in the panel. So there's six people, all of us. Uh, there is Manisha Pandey. Hi, Manisha. Hi. Our very own Meheraj Loan. Hello. Raman Kripal. Hi. Anand Vardhan. Hello. And joining us, our guest today is Hilal Ahmed. Hi, Hilal. Hi. So Hilal is an associate professor at the Center for Study of Developing Societies, uh, which is in Delhi. He writes regularly on the nature of Muslim political discourse. He is the associate editor for South Asian Studies, journal of the British Association of South Asian Studies. He has also written a few books. One is called Siyasi Muslims: A Story of Political Islams in India. That's a plural. I see. Muslim political discourse in post-colonial India: Monuments, Memory, Contestations, and then Democratic Accommodations, Minorities, and Contemporary India. So, uh, which which was the last one out of the three? No, I think uh, you missed one. Okay, <laughs> I've just been listed three. So, which is the fourth? Uh, yeah, us. the fourth. Uh, it's Contemporary Movement of Indian Democracy. It's an edited volume. I see. Interesting. And what's that about? It's uh, basically different case studies uh, looking at the ways in which democracy is understood uh, at the grassroots level, and we have tried to analyze these different case studies to produce a narrative, a narrative or explanatory narrative of Indian politics at the moment. You know, I was listening to. I think this was the BBC podcast or the NPR uh, politics podcast. A report has emerged. This is just yesterday. Uh, which has demonstrated that Arab nations. I mean, I just heard the headline and hear the rest of it. A survey indicates that, and it's a pretty large and vast survey, that uh, citizens of Arab nations have um, are disillusioned with democracy as a form of government to provide whatever you know good governance to them. I was like, really? Like the people don't believe in democracy? That was kind of strange. I should actually Google it and check it out. Have you heard of this one? Just yesterday, uh, I heard this. No, but I think uh, democracy is something which needs to be understood in its own context because people would have different meanings. And in fact, in our studies, we have tried to look at the ways in which the term democracy is understood. And uh, in one of the surveys that came out in 2017, we asked this question uh, with the sample size was around. More than twenty thousand in India, and we ask this question: uh, What is your meaning of democracy? And the most important meaning of democracy that came up in the survey was uh, freedom to speak whatever I want. I feel I can actually. So democracy is understood in relation to freedom of expression. So that's the dominant meaning uh, in India. I'm very surprised that that is the dominant. I I wouldn't imagine that that was a big concern for Indians, like the freedom no, but, to speak. I thought that we kind of internalized different statements made, and on the basis of this statement, we club them together to find out what is the most uh, relevant explanation hmm. of these different statements. And the most relevant, uh, it doesn't mean that people would say vote dalna etc. So. Associating democracy with institution is obviously uh, one of the key explanation people would make. But the the substantive meaning of democracy in India 
according to our surveys and research is that i have a right to assert myself in various ways and you know because freedom of speech and expression is something which is uh, which has to be understood in its own context it was because basically what we do uh, we take it rather uncritically and we assume that we understand this but if you go to people if you go to voters they have their own meaning of what do we mean uh, of of their meaning of expression so i guess the contexts vary depending on where you ask the question which cultural milieu yeah but i would think that country where you can really pee wherever you want I and mean, freedoms is hardly a problem like i was in gk stay i got to the car was it my knees and i put on the headlights then you park against the wall the guy right front there peeing i was like dude like at least fine go behind the tree एनी ठीक है सबका अपना अपना अंदाज है सो आई हैव जस्ट सीन दलरल डिपार्टमेंट we have you may have seen the promos a new show coming up it is called ye bhi theek hai it's a podcast with kunal kamra and sanjay rajora a two of the finest stand up comics in my view in india it is promises to be a really fun interesting and insightful because both of those are really smart and well read guys about various shows from stand up comedy to religion to freedom of speech to monogamy you know different episodes take different things uh the first two episodes are free all subsequent episodes are going to be behind the paywall so you can share the free ones far and wide mufat khors enjoy it but after that all other episodes are going to be behind the paywall uh, it's called ye bhi theek hai it's a podcast it's a video podcast but of course i prefer listen to it only in audio format but you can also see it in video which is also behind the paywall the second thing is we've just released our let's talk about after i think almost a year year and a half Woo-hoo. rss it is three episodes uh, aditya and shardul and uh, Lippy and uh, Anil have worked very hard on it. Uh, so uh, do check that out. That is also behind the paywall. It let's is Let's talk about RSS. Yeah, it's let's talk about RSS. Uh, here's a little clip from that. Dr. Keshav Baliram Headgewar. Now who was he and how much do we really know about him? What we do know is he was born on April the 1st, 1889 in Nagpur to a Telugu Brahmin family with modest means. Young Keshav grows up near the erstwhile Bhosle ruling family's palace with heroic tales about Shivaji and the Peshwas religious teachings are a tradition in his family but they never appeal to his true nature all accounts from his biographies and testimonials from others show a heavy influence of Lokmanya Tilak and the poet Ramdas on a very young Keshav which instilled a deep sense of patriotism in him there are many accounts of his childhood where he shows his ability to organize and his fierce disdain for foreign rule according to one popular story when he was young he planned to dig a tunnel from his teacher's house to sita buldi fort in nagpur a british garrison at the time to remove the union jack atop the fort now here i speak with hitesh shankar editor of rss's weekly magazine panch janya talking about some childhood incidents from the life of headgewar which portray his early inclination towards fighting the british monarchy This too is behind the paywall so check it out and do subscribe and pay to keep news free and finally if you're listening to this on Saturday tomorrow on Sunday we have a live recording of awful and awesome it is only for subscribers so do come it is at 6 pm 
uh, we will be serving you tea, coffee and some snacks. We may even throw in some nimbu pani, budget salao. Uh, it is at Seminar Hall, Kamla Devi Complex. It's on the first floor, IIC, near Khan Market, the heart of Latians. It is going to be a live, awful and awesome recording where there will be Nenika, Rajshree and myself. Uh, we will also include you, a wonderful audience and uh, subscribers. Limited seats to attend, write to subscription at newsland.com if you haven't already. And if you're bringing a plus one who's not a subscriber, we will not let that person leave unless that person subscribes and we can use some pretty... Horrible means I have been trained by you people least personally. So we don't take any ads. So do come, uh, bring a plus one who you think would uh, subscribe before they leave. On that note, uh, Mehraj or Manisha, can you please get the headlines and we shall carry on. Uh, the top headlines, uh, starting with the media, Alt News co-founder Mohammed Zubair on Thursday moved the Supreme Court for bail mm. and the quashing of a hate speech FIR filed against him in Sitapur, Uttar Pradesh. The website on Monday rejected the allegations made by the Delhi police that it had received funds from foreign sources in violation of the law. The police in Delhi as well as in UP have filed FIRs against filmmaker Lena Mani Mekalai for sharing a poster of her documentary Kali which depicts the Hindu goddess smoking. And in Madhya Pradesh, the police have booked Trinamool Congress MP Mohawa Moitra for describing Kali as a meat-eating and alcohol-accepting goddess, quote-unquote. Mm. And the Ajtak is going rara about it, although this statement was made on their event. So yeah, I, I so don't know. India Today nicely like use milked this opportunity. Muhammad mm. uh, Talib, a Muslim man who runs a small restaurant in UP, has been arrested for packing meat dishes in a newspaper with images of Hindu gods. Mm. The, the restaurant owners though said that this was rotis. Not chicken. As if that makes a difference. But what were the rotis being eaten with? Chicken. Then. <laughs> a panchayat in Haryana's Manesar has called for an economic boycott of Muslim shopkeepers and vendors in their area, describing them as illegal immigrants. Mm. Members of Bajrang Dal this week stopped a play being staged in Karnataka's Shiva Moga, alleging that it had a Lao Jihad angle. Apparently, it showed a inter-faith uh, inter uh, marriage. marriage. Or a relationship, I'm not sure. Yeah. The Uttar Pradesh police on Tuesday detained Z Hindustan anchor Rohit Ranjan from his home in Ghaziabad for airing a misleading video of Congress leader Rahul Gandhi on July the 1st. We'll Uttar Pradesh police actually was kind of the saviour here. It was the Chhattisgarh yeah. police that came to arrest him and then Noida and police kind of... As today's paper says, the FIR was filed 10 minutes before they went to pick him up. <laughs> so Only after he... He tweeted and he, he tagged, he tagged Chief yeah. Minister. So, yeah, so and then just saying that someone had predicted that all this is going to happen about a year ago. Just saying someone here around this table had predicted yes, this. Yes, yes, please gloat. <laughs> um, that's yeah, you did. Yeah. You did, mm. yes. Uh, British Pakistani businessman Anil Musarrat has won a defamation case against Republic Bharat at the London High Court over allegations made by the channel's lead anchor and editor Arnab Goswami. Activist Sharjil Imam has claimed that a police official entered his uh, Tihar jail cell with 8 to 10 people, assaulted him and called him a terrorist. Late last week, Justice Surya Kant of the Supreme Court made some rather controversial oral observations while hearing a petition by Nupur Sharma, the suspended BJP spokesperson. The judge said that she should have apologized to the entire country for making derogatory remarks against the Prophet on a Times Now show and Kind of for blamed her for the, everything yeah. that ensued later and refused to club her FIRs, basically. Yes. And since then, an open letter has been sent to the CJI, uh, signed by 15 retired judge, judges, 77 retired bureaucrats and 25 retired armed forces officers against the observations made by the judge. 
uh, a cleric at the Ajmer Dargah has uh, has been arrested by the Rajasthan police after he allegedly offered to give his home to anyone who beheads Nupur Sharma. Mm. Mm. The Maharashtra police uh, arrested the main accused in the murder of a chemist in Amravati. That happened on Saturday, last it happened Saturday. a while ago and it yeah. emerged now and he had shared a poster on WhatsApp in support of Nupur. Also in Maharashtra, new Chief Minister Eknath Shinde has won the floor test in the State Assembly. So he's staying. At and least there is now. a case pending in the Supreme Court that challenges 16 of those MLAs. They want disqualification, the Uddhav Sena. And of course, there's a fight on for the party symbol. And there's a discussion about who is the actual Chief Minister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we can actually discuss that in a little bit. Hmm. Simriti Irani is India's new Minority Affairs Minister after Mukhtar Abbas Naqvi resigned on Wednesday. His exit has left the BJP with no Muslim MP for the first time in its history. Just MP or any representative? Cabinet. Any I think in the cabinet. I think they have, they have one MLA somewhere. Oh, they do. Maybe in Assam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Janata Dal United leaders RCP Singh also resigned on Wednesday from the cabinet. He was minister for steel. Now Jyoti Raditya Sindhya will take over that ministry. Mm. Basically, both these guys, their Raj Sabha terms just got over. Yes. Music composer Ilya Raja. Well, music composer is, I think we should say legend or something. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, athlete P.T. Osha, screenwriter V. Vijendra Prasad and philanthropist Virendra Hegade are nominated for Rajya Sabha. All four nominees are from the southern states of Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Andhra Pradesh and Karnataka. How old must Ilya Raja be? He's been around for a long time, man. I'll just check. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, in June, India saw the biggest decline in jobs in a non-lockdown month, mm. according to the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy. The unemployment rate in the country increased to 7.8% of the total workforce in June from about 7.12% in May. Ilya Raja is 79. That's not very old. He's going to be yeah. It's fine. It's not very old. Yeah, one step away not, from 80. Not for a politician. I mean, not, I mean, not for a life in politics. Clearly. Or, I mean, he's not a politician really, but... Hmm. Okay. As a public representative. No? I mean, due respect to Leraja, who is a legend, like you said. I mean, what value is he going to provide to the... I mean, I'm curious to see. Anyway. Hmm. In Rajya Sabha. The Assam cabinet on Tuesday granted indigenous status to 40 lakh Assamese-speaking Muslims in the state who do not have a migration history from East Pakistan, what's now Bangladesh. An unusually high number of incidents involving spice jet aircraft have prompted the aviation regulator to seek an explanation from the airline. More on this from our very own Raman sir. <laughs> yes. And I have a few Just... theories. I have a few theories around this taking off from the Maharashtra theories that we floated so on So we'll this finish podcast. the headlines so and then you can comment. It was really uh, Yeah, when, when we come to that. Yeah. Punjab Chief Minister Bhagwat Maan tied the knot with Gurpreet. Bhagwat. Oh, sorry. Bhagwat. Bhagwat. You are missing. Mohan Bhagwat. This is like the RSS line all here. Sikhs and Hindus. <laughs> Punjab Chief Minister Bhagwan Maan tied the knot with Gurpreet Kaur, a doctor at his residence in Chhatti, uh, Chandigarh on Thursday. Chhattisgarh. is really... You must be Boris Johnson on Thursday agreed to resign as the leader of the Conservative Party but said he'll continue to be the Prime Minister until a new person is elected. Thanks to uh, Indians and Pakistanis. Yes, got most together. likely until the autumn. <laughs> but uh, he is still under pressure to go immediately. But why? Because two of them, uh, the representatives decided to uh, take off support, no? I forget oh, okay, the names. Like one that. is an Indian origin and one is a Pakistani. Rishi Sunak is the first yeah. one to resign. Or Rishi Sunak and Sajid. But there are like 50 others also. Uh, uh, but, but they, they were the ones. Started they were the, the first two dominoes. Right. In fact, this is playing out even as we are recording. So going by Boris Johnson's history, you never know. 
by the time we finished recording this he may have changed his mind and said actually I'll stay hmm. because uh, there's some like really funny memes have come up around this one kind of hurt sentiments can be called artistic hurt sentiments a film is made a painting is made and people would say oh. rather hurt sentiments due to art due to art but i would i would call them no 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 i would i would say artistic because the manner in which they play out their politics is artistic okay because they would <laughs> say that this is an art too obviously it's right. an art fair enough to hmm. look at padmavat uh, controversy it's actually an art hmm. so i would say artistic controversy okay. Uh, or i art artistic hurt sentiment the second kind of hurt sentiments are uh, the roti wala incident hmm. it is everyday hurt sentiment there are certain everyday things which we see and you have to just identify something and transform it into a civilization conflict okay that's the second kind of hurt sentiment and the third kind of hurt sentiment are violent one udaipur event or lynching so therefore we should not club everything in one box we have to just you know take them out think closely and only then we would be able to respond them uh, with informed argument so therefore who these people are these are actually very much rooted in the political culture that has that has evolved over the years and do not reduce everything to bjp and narendra modi because this political culture you know every political party share this culture by the way look at salman rushdie controversy in mm. 1989 no one knew who salman rushdie was no one knew what kind of book he he had written at that uh, that point of time rajiv gandhi government was the first government in the world who banned the book hmm. so obviously you are creating or ayatullah khomeini i don't think that ayatullah khomeini had read the book so you create some kind of a controversy in and this is artistic because uh, you know th- that was actually a book related thing it is about modi and bjp like a film like jaane bhi do yaros climax scene could not have been shown today uh, a song in bobby like beshak mandir masjid todo ye kanda bullesha would bobby's posters would have been burnt and the filmmaker would withdrawn it it's not like the people have changed it is just the person a, a film like amar akbar anthony would not be made today so the assumption that because people are one way india will be one way indian people have historically demonstrated that we can often behave like cattle and one really strong leader can change how we live so i really don't think it matters how people think it's it's just how the person in the center uh, interprets their power and they can make everybody fall in line as we are seeing right now india sustained as a kind of uh, say pluralist society or polity because a large chunk of the population is indifferent to lot of things it's indifferent to religious mobilization it's uh, the that indifference has perhaps because of a lot of uh, social media interference and the mega emergence of a, Hin- a supposedly Hin- not supposedly it's a hindu interest party so hindu interest party uh, and uh, new kind of media emerging that indifference has receded a bit because of social media interface and the kind of social conversations and lot of other inputs that indifference is has receded uh, hate and love i don't uh, um, agree with that because it assumes uh, uh, moral superiority before arguing something so uh, to assume moral superiority before you are presenting a, a specific case dilutes a lot of things and specifics and uh, the question whether we are going to see india as a theocratic i mean i personally believe i mean uh, we may not see uh, that because 
simply because of the fact that we are very diverse but yes definitely an attempt is being made when we talk of uh, we talk of our country we talk in terms of regions we when we talk of our country in terms of religion then we say that we are 70% or 80% of hindus where where all diversity gets merged into you know one right. hindu you have 13% of muslims you have uh, 6% of uh, christians or jains or whatever right so now the definite attempt into that direction that 80% of hindus despite their diversity if they can first feel that we are hindu first we are hindu and then we are somebody else mm. so that attempt has been made so that is why the people with upward mobility are doing these kind of things you know in all categories whether it is artistic hurt or whether it is you know uh, ha everyday hurt ha uh -huh. so it's they all uh, have got a direction okay so if if i'm if i'm a muslim and i'm carrying a cow then i i have to be beaten up okay muslims were evicted from land and the chief minister publicly said i'll give this off to hindu youth there are economic boycotts happening everywhere every single day there's news of a muslim being killed in custody or on the road by whoever feels like it it's come to the point where it's a muslim feels if you are not like part of the elite who moves in elite and secure circles you would dread going out on a train on a bus just walking down the road or going, even exerting your right even of exerting or just wearing any culture any markers mm. the great new hope of secularism the last thing he did before leaving as chief minister was renamed to so called muslim named cities angabad so you add all this up so what is happening is it only when people start start being butchered in numbers on the streets that that's genocide or is this something also part of it i mean i personally find it quite lazy to just simply you know bring that germany comparison or rwanda comparison or pakistan comparison even though there's much to learn from the world but two or three things we can uh, observe around us and specifically in the north indian hindi heartland is the idea of secularism i think increasingly a lot of hindu majority uh, you know majority of hindus don't really get it i do think there's a there's a debate around it that did we even need to be secular if muslims could have their very simplistic things these are which and i i guess much of it had to do with the fact that our post independence leadership were really dreamers they were really idealists they were really looking at shaping a country in a certain way and it was pretty top down that they decided that they were looking at the west they were looking at democratic liberal ideals and you know had a certain vision for india but those visions are now definitely being debated some of it because the bjp is strong and you know it's been a long project for them to you know start these debates but also i think there's a lot of conversation around a secularism which probably answers where we'll go that people don't really get why we need to be secular they don't understand why if as a desirable Muslim, virtue or value yeah if hmm. muslims can have their pakistan if they manage to get a bangladesh for themselves why can't india belong to hindus that's a very now it's a very and it's sometimes it's very hard to argue with that also and uh, so i think that is definitely happening so suppose if a lynching is has happened the minister would go and garland the person who have done that in in i think इंडिया for over 7 or 6 years at least after first lynching so event happens discourse created second level leadership would come and then there is silence so the message is clear so it is actually the functioning 
of the three type of people so the message is obviously i completely agree with you this no you are single handedly responsible for everything that is happening in the country right. mm. okay. now that uh, cause and effect relationship uh, coming from a supreme court judge is problematic because uh, causality in jurisprudence uh, could mean that uh, establishing cause and effect relationship i think that's a very important part of human reasoning also for uh, physical sciences also and in human affairs in social sciences in jurisprudence everything the cause and effect relationship and that was a, a very disproportionate way of putting things and that is also a, that can also give a message that uh, verbal excess can be a ground for physical violence so i think uh, to for a layman like me to say this in uh, casual conversations is okay but to come from the uh, highest uh, court of justice in india is i think that was problematic the big problem with the statements i think was because it was coming on the back of a killing so when an udaipur has happened and you know that somebody's murdered for supporting nupur you have to be a bit careful even if you i agree that nupur's statements were irresponsible she had to be suspended times now has to be called out for the kind of debates they do for the kind of passions they ignite and for this general television news format that they've created where you have to say wild things to each other that's the thing that you have to do every night on prime show. time yeah and nupur is just one cog in that wheel basically so i'm happy to have the courts call that out but then if it's coming on the back of a real of a murder and a very real threat to her life i would not take it lightly that nupur probably has she said i've got that cause for concern so that's sure. that's a cause for concern so i think there they should have been careful and i think as journalists if he starts celebrating this and i think there was a lot of like glee about it ki chalo nupur is you know she's gotten bashed from the court on this but it makes it then difficult to support a journalist who's actually doing journalism and in case of the court i think uh it was just the oral observations and there was a for oral observation there was a prima facie causal uh, uh, relationship you had a case in rajasthan you have a case in amravati you had two persons arrested in bihar all all because of nupur so this the country is going topsy turvy on just one statement so there is a prima facie causal relationship for a judge to make an observation an oral observation if it is judgment yes you need to go further deeper into it and there the judge is not the one who has to he has to judge uh from the you know jurisprudence point uh, of view from, from from the from the evidence is uh, mm -hmm. you know being given to him but in this particular case i think oral observation rightly made this is also illustrative of how elite public discourse comes about right just a couple of days before this happened the court had said something even more insidious in the case of tista settlement Hmm. that just died down which is arrest. even much much worse this was just hmm. but because discourse is created like through the media and this and that and this, this became becomes the this becomes the big thing hmm. and what it does is it creates a distorted image in the sense manisha was talking about earlier about nupur sharma said this so now there's a reaction to it this is kind of it didn't start here the whole idea of blasphemy against hindu deities you can trace it back to the whole idea of cow protection in the constitution if you were to go that deep far so it's not like it started here and now there's going to be a reaction the lynchings for killing cows goes back so many years that's another thing the way it creates elite discourse and the third is most important i think it's the idea of free speech 
every society has to make rules because obviously for if you have to live in a society you can't have absolute absolute free speech mm. even though that might be the most desirable you have to create a line somewhere why you create that line is very important and that will depend from society to society i think uh, it would be great if we pay attention to the joint parliamentary committee report remember it was introduced in 2016 joint parliamentary committee constituted and what is interesting is that all the questions that are asked in chain bag were asked by the bjp members of that committee and the government answered them in the mm-hmm. joint parliamentary committee time and again the report says that the idea of minority is central in that so if we look at the structure of cea 2019 we find that you know hindus and other minorities that are coming from three muslim majority state the larger imagine you know, the imaginary construction in this case is that hindus Uh, the india that is hindu the majority in india is surrounded by mm. a different kind of majorities so therefore and uh, therefore the point is that we should not look at powerlessness of hindus with regard to indian population indian the, their presence in india rather we have to take a global look or at least a south asia look mm. so i think that's the reason why nupur the reception of nupur sharma would contribute to the minority centric politics of bjp all of you listening in the chota hafta do subscribe so you can listen to the entire hafta we will see you again next week with the hafta till then subscribe pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay advertisers are served thank you goodbye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Newslaundry.